Greetings and welcome to Qualified Nonsense. Here at Qualified Nonsense, we tackle the tough questions that you send in with our sage and sound advice. Meat and potatoes or a light salad? Rice or quinoa? And shortening or lard? Stick around to find out our thoughts on these questions and more. My name is Jake. I'm Brandon. And I'm Matt. And this is Qualified Nonsense. Qualified Nonsense was created by childhood best friends that didn't want to lose their long-lasting friendship. So we decided to create a podcast doing what we do best, giving you our quote-unquote professional advice on real-world problems and curiosities. In all reality, we hope to connect with you, the listener, and deepen our friendship all around. So let's get to it. Welcome to another episode of Qualified Nonsense. We want to open things up by letting you get to know us a little better by sharing one or two good things we've consumed recently. Jake, what did you enjoy this past week? So it's actually been a few weeks of me enjoying this. I went to Costco and bought a big, big package of spicy ramen um, Mm -hmm. in an 18 pack. It's called Shin, S-H-I-N, and it's spicy and it's great. It's like top shelf top ramen um and i've been really enjoying it for lunch i recommend it if you like burning your face off while you eat ramen made from a package i've actually passed that many a times and the one thing that uh i've costco like prides themselves on is not giving you too many options it's like hey here's your ketchup do you want Mm -hmm. portland ketchup or do you want heinz those are your Mm -hmm. two Mm -hmm. but i feel like they always have so many different noodle options. They do. <laughs> so whenever yeah. we walk by it, like I've seen that and I was like, well, I want to. So not only do you commit to a bunch of space with those, mm-hmm. like their, their boxes are massive. Mm-hmm. You like get the pho or whatever, but it's good. Cause I've seen it. Shin. Yeah. Oh, so I, I saw, I forget. I, I should properly plug the <clears throat> um, person, the creator, but this, like uh, this guy and, and their son, um, eat food like different asian cuisines and then they like review it while they're eating it on tiktok and it's really cute because the kid's like five or six and um anyway they were like talking about if you had to eat packaged noodle soup every day for the rest of your life what brand would you use or what brand would you do and the dad said shin and i was like i've seen that before and so like when i went to costco i was like there it is and i got it and it's pretty good yeah it's got like oh, a. I, I recognize the label. I, I just looked it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yummy. It's yummy, and nice. it's you know like, do I need a do I, do I need an eighteen pack? No, <laughs> absolutely not. But I got one, and so now I. Um, at first, I had a bunch, like not a bunch of them, but like I had a, had them a couple days in a row, and that was too much salt. So I was like, like <laughs> chill, chill, dude. So I have them like once once in a while now. Nice, and they're they're yummy. I recommend it. What about you, gentlemen? Matt? Um, so my consumable is this past weekend, Brandon and myself went to Pendleton on a nice bromance, stayed at the uh, Wild Horse Casino, and we did some antiquing while we were there. And Ooh. one thing that I'm always in the hunt for is uh, turquoise jewelry. And they turquoise. We went to this turquoise. <laughs> we uh, went to this one store and I... Uh, my fingers are actually quite narrow and skinny. They're little girly fingers. Um, mm. So it's hard for me to find any rings. And actually, we found out uh, on the trip that uh, Matt's ring fits like perfectly inside of my ring. 
Yeah, there's actually figures are enormous. <laughs> yeah, oh my Brand, gosh. Brandon, yeah, <laughs> that's that's something. Brandon's fingers are like extraordinarily I have, like, large fingers, <laughs> <laughs> and I have uh, lady finger fingers. Um, but uh, yeah, so we went Lynn. to this. We have Virginia. you're pa- you're painting a really beautiful image of this of this bromance. Uh, journey you went on. Uh, yeah, we took our rings off and your laid rings, them on the nightstand. I know, and they fit perfectly <laughs> together. <laughs> they made that little like metal like. No, I mean like his doesn't even like touch the sides of mine. On the inside. <laughs> yeah, you know that game you play where you're like trying not to touch the metal circle, or it'll shock oh, you. Yeah. Like you can do yeah, that with my like, ring uh, and Brandon's ring and not the shock. Operation. <laughs> <laughs> um, Try so we walk the sides of this. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> anyway, uh, we walked into this Westernware store, and we said, "Give us your best ashless chaps." No, uh, I was looking for, um, I was looking for at their jewelry, and I was like, "Well, I just have really skinny fingers." She's like, "Oh, well, you shouldn't actually go here. You should go next door." Uh, tell Vicky Rochelle sent you. So we go over, and this lady had just come back from a. Uh, uh, buying journey or buying trip in mm-hmm. New Mexico and Arizona and all those places. And I tried this one ring on and it, it has coral in it as well, which I, I have, they told us um, they are no longer mining for coral, uh, okay. which is the the redstone. So it's even more Wait, rare. So, so coral being pe- like petrified coral. Cause oh. coral is like ocean. Well, the, the rock coral. Oh, this is, why is this not focusing? Maybe if I hold it closer. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's pretty. Anyway, I got this. I tried this ring on and it like it fit perfectly. And it's one of those when you know, you know, things. So I got this fucking dope ass ring. I've been looking for a, a nice turquoise ring for a while. And I got this because this is something that my grandpa would wear, too. Nice. Uh, I actually have his watch band uh, that has coral in it. So <clears throat> it was nice. Excellent. Turned out it, to be quite the western. Did you, have to get uh, it, did you have to get it adjusted or anything? Nope. Nope. It fit nice. just just perfectly, and it's uh, you can see inside. Uh, maybe the guy signed mm-hmm. it. His name's Ray King. He's a Navajo nice. artist. Um, so I was nice. I was excited to get it. Excellent. Yeah. What about you, Brandon? Well, um, yeah, I, I would uh, yeah recommend the trip, but. Um, yeah, the trip was fine. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, inspired words. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I, I figured guess. Matt would probably cover it. So, um, uh, my uh, thing this week is I subscribe to uh, a Substack called Dracula Daily. That is, uh, as of this recording, it started two days ago on may 3rd um and it's uh the the novel uh dracula by bram stoker is uh what's called an epistolary novel which is a novel that's written all in uh in this case it's all journal entries and so this substack they'll send you an email every day with a journal entry that corresponds to the calendar day and the novel Dracula takes place from May to November. So like every day or whenever there's a entry in the book, you get a piece of the novel of Dracula. And so you can like read it 
kind of bit by bit and like as it's happening chronologically so it's kind of fun interesting is it uh Hmm. will it be finite then is it going to end when the book ends well i guess it's something they do every year and like you have to you can sign up ahead of time and uh i don't know if it's too late to sign up if um but uh and i i I saw that they're gonna publish that this group they're gonna publish like a day-by-day sort of hardbound book of it but um i mean i i've I've read dracula before it's it's a fun book uh and it's fun to do it this way just and and it's kind of more easily digestible i guess kind of in little little bits so it's a lot of fun cool nice i i was uh i participated in a pretty wild production of uh dracula while i was in louisville kentucky they have a big like d- during the Halloween time. They put on a big production of Dracula in the round, and uh, there's a lot of blood, a lot of um, special effects stuff that um, brings out the subcultures of the surrounding areas of Louisville. <laughs> pretty interestingly, um, a lot of a lot of like people who who are uh i don't know if they're i don't know if they identify themselves as vampires actually but like they have the very gothic like very gothic um sort of persona and culture about them and so they you know it draws them out but that was a really interesting in fact i don't know if they still put it on because that theater has changed a lot but the actress of louisville if you ever get a chance and you find yourself in louisville brandon i think you'd really appreciate the production because that sounds because that's how Bella Lugosi, who's famous for playing Dracula in the movies, that's where they discovered him. He was playing Dracula, I think, on Broadway in in a play, in the play version of it. So nice, but yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a kind. Of, I mean, even though it's an older book, it holds up really well, and it's pretty spooky still. Cool. Anyway, uh, with that, why don't we uh, suck each other's blood and uh, we'll. <laughs> <laughs> Suck each other right off. Right back. Yep. There you go. With listener uh, <laughs> questions. <laughs> and welcome back. If you'd like your question, comment, or palms read on the show, drop us a line at qualifiednonsense at gmail.com or write to us on our socials. Our first question comes to us from Jared in the Pacific Northwest. Jared writes, Hi, guys. In a recent episode... Jake mentioned his job being threatened by AI. As someone who works in a job where a majority of my tasks could be done by AI, it scares the hell out of me. I've read numerous articles on how AI will, and in some cases has, replaced both workers and managers. With this in mind, how do you AI-proof your job and resume? Do you share the same fears that I do about this technology? And in the inevitably inevitability of most jobs being lost to ai what is the next best solution for humanity thanks well i would say this is a perfect opportunity to call ai that dirty bitch taking our jobs (laughs) he took our job you dirty bitch (laughs) yeah take that skynet that's my purse i don't know you um so jared i and my job did succumb to artificial intelligence so i if anyone's listening and wants to hire a remote um it technician slash uh carpenter (laughs) (laughs) actually during the ad break i'm gonna i'm just gonna 
Pavel and be like, hey, do you need a, a, a semi-talented, uh, mustachioed this piece of this break bot this episode brought to you by chat gpt (laughs) 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 um which i I just used for the first time uh oh yeah so that's i'm so glad because i I wanted to ask if you guys have used it but uh yeah i actually wrote a handful of social media posts for one of my business and uh it was uh it was pretty pretty good yeah, so I, I'm most drawn to the um, part of the question that is, how do you AI proof your job and you resume? Can't. And and yeah, I would say don't let. I would suggest not trying to do that because that is not going to end well for you. I um, I think I I don't know this definitively, but I'm pretty. It's pretty apparent that AI, um is expected to take over my job so confidently that they let me and my team go from the company that I was at. Um, and granted this is a big company. So, so, you know, the little guys, um, or the, even, even like medium sized companies probably don't have to worry about the level of automation that's going to come out of AI just yet. But, um, I did get a pang of like, Oh, this is what coworkers feel like. Um, which is dramatic. <laughs> of course, but, um, knowing that, that you did something that now doesn't need doing anymore. And, um, and that's just a tough situation to be in. I feel for you, Jared, I'm there. Um, and I think that when you look forward at a, uh, like what, what your next career options are, I would honestly look at AI as being a inevitability and, to become familiar with AI, like to be able to code with and for AI. Um, that's, that's where the jobs are going to be. And also actually, because Matt mentioned using chat GPT, I would recommend using chat GPT and other softwares like it and become familiar with how to manipulate them because that's where the jobs are going to be. Well, it's yeah, I would be the say, people I would writing say the code. Two things about that is it was like using chat BT. Chat GBT is uh, it will help you finite your end goal quicker. So like you can put uh, in, in terms of prompts, so you can put a prompt in and then you can define it and you can define it and you can define it. Uh, but, you know, the handful of times that I used it, I started out with, uh, you know, giving it a general prompt and then define it even further. I think using chat GBT will help you in your career as to like the, ooh, thinking about, you know, what it is you want the prompt to be, but getting to that end result quicker. Um, but then also, un- un- yeah. And then understanding how, how it works and what it's, what the cybernetic organism is doing, um, yeah. you know, and, and what it's like learning. computer. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I found it to be, but I would, you know, I do think there's, there's roles that, um, you know, we've already seen a number of industries um, take some take some hits due to AI, but I do think that there's industries that could be taken over by AI, but they do and they do rely a certain amount on independent thought and you know critical thinking. Um, one I'm specifically thinking of is I come from an underwriting background, so it's like anybody in AI could plug in you know, some pro ratas and 
tax returns and get get a, a formulated version of should this be approved but it takes out that critical thinking and and human experience um that i i don't think you can actually teach or ai couldn't at this point um kind of adapt to Brandon, what yeah do you think? I, I i agree with um these two about um I, I don't think there really is a way to um avoid any any sort of uh industry that um i mean unless you're you know you want to become a c-suite executive you know uh i i think every job is probably going to be threatened by it i don't think there's like a way to like john henry yourself out of ai really um I, I I do think you you can just try to make yourself the most attractive employee as possible, and I don't know. Well, capitalize know, on that. I, as, I, capitalize on the aspect that AI would take away, right? Is the is the human component, right? Maybe mm-hmm. maybe, you, maybe you find yourself in management uh, going down down the line because you know AI doesn't necessarily have the ability to do that. Um, it could perform a job, but it can't actively manage. I, I will say that one of the more troubling things about AI is that companies are not looking to backfill. Well, let's see. They're not. They're. They're. So companies generally are looking out for their, um, you know, their their bottom line and their um, their you know their investors um, and. That right now, ChatGPT and things like it are taking over entry level positions, and I, I what I what I think is most troubling is that these people who are um, at a more entry level position are going to be losing their jobs, and they're going to need to find other entry level positions, um, and I think those are going to continue to um, evaporate into the AI realm so it is i think the the thing that we should all be concerned about is is where um all of those people are going to go for work and um not to be glib or anything but i do wonder that with these gen z um people being creators on tiktok and what have you like there's there's a big absence of like trades work people and i don't think that ai is going to breach trades work anytime soon um Mm -hmm. it is like a wholly different career path but i mean plumbers and electricians and that that kind of job is is an important job these goddamn soft tiktokers are gonna better go get some calluses on their finger and get to work (laughs) yeah i i I do think the um kind of white collar class of worker is probably going to be hit the hardest by ai whereas yeah blue collar work you know like jake mentioned the electricians plumbers you know mechanics the those the construction those sorts of jobs well we've already seen those be taken over by robotics though i mean ai to a different level i guess right they like they started with factory lines and less and less people needed to or assembly lines to build cars and now it's like you can find robots flipping your burgers so 
Yeah. Well, so that's a really good point. I wonder how it's going to affect like metropolitan areas because we've already seen that COVID like spread people out a lot more than like people were flocking to these big metropolitan areas. And then with the internet and um, remote computing and things like virtual networks, virtual private networks, people have been able to go all over the place. And so I do wonder how that the displacement of people in conjunction with all of these blue collar jobs, I mean, I'm sorry, these white collar jobs starting to be taken over by AI. I, I wonder how that's going to disrupt the, the whole, the whole ecosystem. And I, and, and what's again, like, I think it's these lower level positions that are going to be taken up first. Um, you've got the people that are already mm-hmm. making a lot of money that are the decision makers and the C-suite people like they're they're the one they're, they're going to be fine for a while. And you've got this like middle class sort of group that um, or upper middle class group, I guess, that's going to start taking a hit. And and there's I'm, I'm, I don't know what they're going to pivot to myself included. I have looked at basically like upgrading my resume or rather upgrading myself. Like I was doing it technical support stuff at a senior level, but like that's all going by the wayside, but with AI and now I'm looking at like system administration, but like realistically the eventuality of that is that AI is going to take that also. And based on how functional chat GPT is, it's probably closer than we think it is. Well, at so, that point, once, uh, you know, let's say all the middle and lower in class jobs are taken over by AI, then how will, you know, you know, like the McDonald's of the co- the world or the Ford's or, you know, these huge companies, how will, where will that income come from to sustain them if... I mean, that's, I think that's a wonderful, that's an interesting point that I don't know what, like, yes, you're right. They'll need to continue getting money. Because people how. buy like, things, gonna buy spend money at these companies, you know, when they have money in their pockets. And if they don't, then, you know, where's so your So with that, love, I mean, love him or hate him, the fact that he's instrumental in this conversation is you know besides the point uh how do you feel about elon going to like testify about the the need to have regulations on ai um i think that's i I don't know much about the subject but i think that um beyond humanitarian regulations that i think ai like you know um aside from like military use that would probably fall under the like Geneva convention or something like as long, I don't know that there needs to be regulations put in place because I think that is um, not in a political way, but like on the wrong side of history, (laughs) kind of like if it's, if, if AI is the, is the next step in, um, production. I think that it's the government's rather than, rather than hindering AI, I think alternate solutions need to be made for the people that are losing jobs by, and potentially by the government. 
um, universal basic income. I just feel it's a, and I hate to be so generic about it, but I do feel like it's a relatively slippery slope, you know, and obviously anything that's new to, to anybody, they are met with a certain amount of hesitation. I'm going to sound very dated or boomerish by saying that like this, but if it gets into the, if that gets into the hands of the wrong country, you know, like I think AI can be a very powerful tool for, for good, but it could also be incredibly damning. Well, right. But that would, that, that would fall under most other damning. Like, I don't, I don't know that AI can be, I'm, I'm trying to think, well, I, I actually don't know the, I don't know the information about like what he's proposing as being regulated. Know, regulated. Yeah. I don't, also, I don't, I don't either. I think it's just a very basic, broad conversation. Also, I mean, if America regulates AI, but then, you know, China doesn't, they're, you know, working overtime to advance their AI. And, you know, then it becomes like this arms race where mm, Star Wars. And, mm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I do think I- eventually we will have to like universal basic income will have to be a serious thing that we talk about i i, I mean i mean there I, I mean, yeah, it's I already well, i mean there's conversations like the you know there, there's the writers guild strike going on right now like mm-hmm. one part of their contract that they want is no ai writers for shows and the major corporations aren't agreeing to that so you know ai art is already a thing so I yeah i mean I, I, i'm i mean that's I'm a whole trouble. like separate conversation i think <laughs> sure no AI well actually i don't world. think it is it, it's it's <laughs> like unions are are putting their foot down for that sort of thing to protect their jobs and i mm-hmm. and i get that to a degree and i think that i yeah i, I think it's a really tricky conversation but but again, attack. I, I think the attack on that stance or that that sort of like that, them putting their foot down about that, it's an attack on AI. And AI is not the problem; it's the use of AI and these big corporations that want to use AI to save money. Um, like unfortunately, like that's their that's their prerogative is to, like the whole point of getting people to work is to pay them less than what they're going to yield. Like that's it. That's the whole point. That's how anybody, that's how any of these companies make money. Any company period makes money. And, um, and so if they can do it better, example, AI, then they're going to do that until like what you said, until the, until the floor falls out, which is the middle-class can't afford the products that they're producing or the, you know, whatever whatever class i don't mean to say class because i know that's offensive or whatever but like the the income bracket people that will start not being able to afford the products that they're making like but but they're not going to change that they're not going to change their tune before they hit they they like take a hit in an annual call you know what i mean Mm -hmm. or a quarterly call or whatever well, I, I think a problem, I think you're touching on it, is that there, there's no such thing as unlimited growth. And I think it would behoove corporate America to realize that, that you you can't continue to make money forever, like more money than the previous year. You can't continue to grow without there being tremendous detriment to to 
the world to the country you know right so right but that's always the next ceo's problem <laughs> right because this ceo wants to make a fuck ton of money first well yeah i mean as soon as they they post a loss they're out the door so i don't know i mean it, company, it's kind of companies it's a are people too brandon <laughs> so what did you say i said it's a pretty bleak conversation <laughs> it is it is bleak i i mean yeah. listen i'm jared i'm in it man i and and it is it's it, it is bleak because like even even like job searching the the sorts of things that i'm looking at that i'm able to probably work in like five years maybe and, and then uh, and then answer your question what's uh the next best bet for what's the next best solution for humanity burn it to the ground just send <laughs> off it. grid yeah just send it send it mm-hmm. <laughs> rise against the machines rise against the machines <laughs> I need you to close your boots and your motorcycle. <laughs> you forgot to say please. <laughs> In the end, we've all learned we can't win. So, there we go. That's such a good movie. The first Buckle up, one. Buttercup. So good. All right. Well, all right, Jared. Uh, just fucking like try to sleep well. Get yep, best good good sleep. Go Hopefully, great. you're not Jared from Subway. But oh my god. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh my god. There's no way he's out yet. <laughs> yeah. They can uh, still have email, can't they? Yeah, but he he doesn't have a technical job. Maybe he has a technical job in jail. Could be. Yeah, it's called well, technically it being somebody darker. else's bitch. Thanks, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> This next question comes to us from <laughs> Stagnant in Houston. They write, Hi all. My wife and I seem to be in a rut where we feel more like roommates who share custody of our kids. Oh, we both love question. each other. Yeah. <laughs> this is a happier yeah. question. Uh, <laughs> we both love each other and are committed to one another, but the quote spark is definitely gone. Intimacy has plummeted. Our conversations are usually only about our kids or chores and errands we need to do. We both work full time while raising two young boys, so we don't have a ton of free time or time to ourselves. We've been married for 11 years now and are just looking for advice on how to rekindle that spark and have fun with one another. What do you all do with your partners to keep things fresh? Hey, that's personal. Are you familiar (laughs) with the rusty trombone <laughs> no no that's offensive please forgive me um no f- well first of all oh, <laughs> oh, damn it. i earned that uh stagnant i'm you ever heard uh, of a thing called voyeurism <laughs> you ever seen a grown man naked no um <clears throat> the like gladiator movies have you ever seen an owl for first of all 11 years congratulations that's great and yes that's, that's and and two kids yeah that's great um i i'm gonna i'm gonna make a recommendation it it, it, it is a lot of business obviously having kids having all the the home duties and the shuffling kids around to all of the things that they need and getting what you need it's tough and there is a lot of business 
I recommend and something that Anna and I have been talking about is having a dedicated, uh, like a hardly a date night, but a dedicated date night of business, treating the household and everybody more or less like a company. Don't outsource it to AI. Um, Have like a sit down and have a fucking like crack a bottle of wine. But then like to talk about, have it, have a dedicated time talking about just business and have your list of things to do and like a planner and the month and like, and like map everything out and, and try to get as much of the business done in a chunk of time and have it scheduled. That way you can free up um, other times for, for not business because you've already taken care of the business, like have a business meeting. A family goes back to uh, we talked about organization uh, a few episodes ago. That's a good good tip. Yeah, set a not that yeah set an egg timer for fifteen minutes and say after this, then we're going to enjoy each other's company. Yeah. (laughs) Ooh, do one of those one of those romantic. um, Do you guys remember? um, I remember seeing them at like uh, uh, Mountain Festival. Those like candles in the cast or like the iron um oh yeah yeah spiral and then you would like burn a candle and once it burnt down like to the to the rim you could like change the height once it burnt down to the rim you like you're done with whatever task you're doing i would Uh, say like uh also plan something you know if you uh it doesn't you know have to be a huge commitment like a, a overseas vacation or something but you know, say you know, make reservations to a restaurant or uh, buy tickets to a movie. Just make make plans and then do whatever you can to stick to those plans. Then you have something to look forward to and um, or, you know, go the vacation route. Yeah. Plan a, a vacation for a few months out and then just I'd, uh... without the kids. I mean, I don't know what your situation is. If you have family nearby who can watch your kids or. Uh, yeah, I would take it one step further and say if you do have that outlet that you 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 plan something as a surprise to your partner because that's definitely an added element. Like, and it's just like it adds a little bit more of like, hey, where are the kids? Uh, I don't know. Left them at the bus stop. And then you're like, no, kidding. We're going out to do this. Da, 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 da. I think that adds, you know, that might help with that spark or spontaneity issue. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, depending on what you, you all are into, we had an episode um, a handful ago that talked about first dates. And we all mentioned that doing something active was nice. And although I'm sure you're very busy and you're probably just worn out and you want to sit down and watch a movie or whatever, um, that's something that you can kind of do late at night, easy, easier late at night if you want to or need to. But if you do plan a specific date, like doing something a little more active might keep the energy alive between you. Um, just as like a, as a, as a way to like keep the ball rolling. Hell yeah. Get some of those, uh, rhino pills at the AM PM. Rhino. P- <laughs> right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Red Bull, crush <laughs> yeah, crush a Red Bull, and uh, watch your heart explode. Well, watch your also like <laughs> along the spontaneity lines. Like I would say, just buy your spouse random gifts. Like not you know not just on their birthday or Christmas, but just when you know it. It, it could even be you know if you come across something like oh you know uh, she would really like this and just buy it or uh, 
if you know you're at the you know 7-Eleven and there's buy her a candy bar or whatever you know, what you know something you know she would like yeah just little... it doesn't have it doesn't have to be like big extravagant it can just be like mm-hmm. indications that you're thinking of them outside of when carton of smokes whatever carton of, a yeah. carton <laughs> that's beautiful that's real, like yeah by the time this airs mother's day is you know it's coming right up or around the corner by you know Get a pair of pots, pots and pans. Say you're really thinking about her. <laughs> yeah, buy her some new dish soap. And X Clad uh, uh, <laughs> nope. has a has a sale going on. Oh my god! Um, I uh, one thing that I've done, uh, I've tried to do. I don't think I've hit every birthday, but <clears throat> on the boy's birthday, my I have two kids, and um, obviously bearing children is a whole family affair. That's, that's very um, like a big deal for everybody, but um, it's a big deal for moms because they went through something either like really powerful, really nice, really traumatic, probably all of the above. And so on the boy's birthday, I try to get Anna something also just like not, not nothing big, either a card or like a, you know, something, something really, even flowers or something just to recognize that it's the boy's birthday, but it's also a big day for her because I mean, and for our kids specifically, like they were particularly traumatic um, and everyone's well now, but it was rough for a bit. So their big days, um, their big days there and, and, and showing that I, I, I really enjoy doing that. I like reminding her that she's appreciated during that time. And I can tell, that she appreciates the uh, the thought. Yeah, so. I, I'm a really good gift giver too. I think of no, 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 time. no. I, I'll tell you, I'm not a all the shame, gift. Jake. No, no, no. I'm not a good. No, no, no. I'm not a good gift giver. And I and to be like you know full disclosure, like I don't I, I forget um, to do like I think of it like on the day. And I'm like oh, I really should have gotten Anna something. And so like for instance, this last friend's birthday was not too long ago, and I was you know I, I but it was just like a card, but it was like a you know just a nod you know yeah mm-hmm. she listens to this i i i hope it's i hope i love you <laughs> yeah i mean you could yeah don't worry Jake. i think nice you're adequate or um or if you're in a situation where you, neither of you can get the same time off together maybe uh even though it is a part it would still show that you care you know you could buy her a vacation while you watch the boys or you know and she gets out of town for a night or two Mm -hmm. something like that and uh like i I know that's not together um but it it would still you know it's a really nice gesture for sure the last part of it is what do you all do with your partners to keep things fresh yeah i mean it's with like like this question says it's hard with kids so we do a little bit of both we do schedule babysitters relatively frequently for um you know, just the evening, nothing wild or crazy. Go to a movie or go to dinner. Um, but uh, much like Brandon suggested, I I do like to have, you know, the, hey, why don't you go out and do something tonight? Hey, why don't you go out and do something tonight? Give your partner mm. the gift of time um, to do whatever they want. Again, especially with having a family is it's challenging because you can't just always walk away from that for dinner or, you know. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, we... Uh... I mean, we don't have children, so every night is date night in the Bernhardt household. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, <yeah>. uh, <laughs> let's go. 
Um, <laughs> that's a lot of rhino pills. <laughs> there's just like rhino pill wrappers like scattered all over the floor <laughs> oh, those, those are my vitamins <laughs> uh yes we go to the gas station and uh pick up some <laughs> some pills at the register and for then, logo um, and pills yellow she jackets a lucky and, woman uh, yeah. jackets. <laughs> um, no i uh, <laughs> I, I mean, we, we do, uh, you know, we, we do go out often. We do plan trips together. It's, I, I, I feel like a shithead because I don't, uh, you know, for saying this stuff because I, I don't have children. So it is really easy, but, um, I have a question for you about, about that well, though. Like, because you're able to do like, that's something that I think. Uh, you know, the grass is kind of always greener situation. I think like if, if I had all the, uh, if I had, you know, if, if I was in your situation, Brandon, I, do you, do you find yourself being like, no, I could pick up and go to bend for the weekend, or I could pick up and go to the beach. I was like, no, sometimes I just feel like staying in. Do you ever get to that point? Even though you have like no restrictions. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like staying in all the time. I, <laughs> I, yeah, we talked about that a like couple of episodes. I mean, I mean I mean, going places is a pain in the ass, but, uh, <laughs> no, um, I, I, I will say that, you know, children or not like being in a, a relationship is work and you do have to put in work and, uh, maintain to, to maintain it. And, and it's not, if you're with the right person that it is pretty easy and it is for the most part for me, but you know, you do still have to put in time and effort. Yeah, and... you can't become complacent with it. Right. Which is a danger, which is like a really, like, mm-hmm. you know, everybody, everybody goes through it at some point <clears throat> because it's, or I would say probably most people go through it at some point of being like, um, you know, it's easy to get preoccupied with. And I imagine with, with children, of like life, your, bullshit. Yeah. your relationship with your spouse does probably get put on the back burner and so you don't really and you just kind of think like okay well the, i don't have to worry about this this is on autopilot <laughs> when I, I i don't think it, it that should be the case yeah yeah anna was uh so it, it, we spend a lot of time with our kids i mean you know all parents do but like we don't uh, for a long long time we didn't um go out much and then the pandemic hit and then we super didn't go out much and we haven't really recovered from the pandemic um, <clears throat> as far as like getting out there. So it's a lot of effort for either one of us to get out and do something and certainly with each other. So for Christmas, Anna got, um, I think I've mentioned this before, but like every Friday, first Friday of the month, we go out and we have a date night, um, which isn't very frequent, but it's, um, it's nice. And I, and you know, I, I want to also comment, um, on what you said matt earlier about about like gift giving and stuff i I will say that anna is much better just generally at planning and the like and so she i find makes a lot stronger of an effort of uh like being um open and attentive to like needs in in the relationship and like um, she, she's definitely the, the person that, uh, what is it like, uh, like 
like puts forward the communication or the need for communication. Like if, if things are, are feeling, you know, stagnant. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm really grateful for her openness to that. Uh, cause I know, I know for the most part, like if I'm feeling grouchy about it or, or just feeling kind of bummed, like I don't often come forward with it initially. So I do also worth. feel that this question you're, so you're 11 years in now and you have created the, the family unit. I don't, I, obviously I don't think you're, uh, you're, you're not alone on this, right? I think a lot of relationships get to the point where something, I don't know, gets, you know, you get complacent or comfortable or stagnant or just kind of blase with it. And then yeah, there's it becomes usually routine. something that, yeah, so, there's something that will come along or something that will happen or a conversation that's had and somebody will just, and then everything will just end up like an Adam Sandler movie. You're like, oh, everything's kind of fun. We're going to go on this vacation together. And then woo, all this crazy shit happens. And then you're back to it. Yeah. Or just get a girlfriend on the side and, uh, <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> Yeah, in the words of uh, Stephen Stills' song, if you can't love the one you want, love the one you're with. There you <laughs> go, a, Houston. Uh, that's a, <laughs> yep. All right, well, let's leave it at that then. You'll figure it well, out. Both of them, both of them are uppers. <clears throat> Just uh, remember this advice with your new girlfriend. Jeez. <laughs> 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 this is terrible. Well, I'm just kidding. I wish you many happy years with your your wife. <laughs> he says two minutes later. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding. Anyway, the lightning round. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back for that. Should your wife not murder you after this episode? The, if I'm still here, we'll be right back. And we're back with the lightning round question. Uh, um, this is the part of the episode where we ask each other three questions, spending one to two minutes on each question, oftentimes more. Uh, hey, Brandon. Yes. What is what's a what's what's one of your bucket list vacations? Hmm. Um. I think it'd be a lot of fun to backpack across Europe. Um, no, actually, uh, something I think that w- would be a lot of fun that I would like to do at some point is, uh, go to South Africa. And I, I don't remember the time of year, but there's a time of year where there's a ton of great whites in the water and you can take tours, um, off the coast of, uh, South Africa and we'll go to just basically watch the great whites go through a feeding frenzy. It's like, I think there's like a bunch that sounds of like your nightmare. See, yeah. Was, why would you want of, to do that? Cause you're so scared of it. I like sharks. I think they're neat. And yeah, I, 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 there's a boat in between you. They're scary. Yeah. But um, like there's uh it's this time of year. There's like a bunch of seals and you can just watch them. Like just chow down on seals all day. Cool. <laughs> uh, I think that'd be really, really cool to watch. Nice. <laughs> Maybe the throw a person in there Brandon. every now and then. <laughs> the episode opened with Brandon being like, I like Dracula. And the end being like, 
<laughs> I want to watch sharks chow down on seals. And I know if, if the boat went down, I have a very seal-like <laughs> figure. So <laughs> I'd be a, a goner. <laughs> I think that just goes for anybody, really. <laughs> if, you're, if you're moving around, you're fair game. Yeah. But no, I, I think that'd be a, a cool thing to see. Yeah, that's cool. The raw okay. power of nature. South Africa. Um, and yeah, David Attenborough know. whispering in your ear. The seals going to. Yeah. It's this time of year that they're going to be frenzy. Ooh, that's, a, that's a good David Attenborough. <laughs> the sea lion could not be. <laughs> you guys both sound like you're trying to pass a snatch away. By the jaws of death. <laughs> Jake, how about a bucket list item? Uh, I want to go to the Galapagos Island. Watch a turtle fuck frenzy. Yep. Or... yep. <laughs> a turtle fucking frenzy. A turtle. No, I, I just. Can you imagine what that sound would be like with them? Like, with like a bunch of like uh, tortoises just mating all at once. It'd be like, oh, oh, don't they? Don't they? Don't they yell? Don't, aren't they like? Yeah. Ooh. No. Yeah. The tortoise go like, huh? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! You've been watching too much. Uh, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> no, I. Um, as I mentioned before, to get his seeded once more before he died. Oh Jesus! Anna and I went to uh, Costa Rica for our honeymoon, and we liked the wildlife. And so I feel like the Galapagos Islands would be a great, uh, a great excursion to see all those those weird weird evolutionary uh, patterns. Nice. Matt? Yeah. Matt? Uh, so there, there is one episode of Anthony Bourdain where he was uh, going through the region of Emilia Romagna. And it, uh, I don't know, there's something about it that always just stuck, stuck in my head. And where is that? In Italy. It's a, it's a, it's a region, Northern region in Italy. Um, but he's like cruising through wine country in a, you know, in a Ferrari. Yeah. Because he's with this like formula one driver, but he goes to this incredible family farm that has raised the beef that they just slaughtered and it's all cooked over a fire. And it's in a a couple of different regions that is really well known for the wine Bologna. And, uh, I don't know he went to this, um, he went to this farm or not this farm, but this like family cellar where they make, um, uh, bologna, the cou- huh? No, the, cou- <laughs> the cudatello. And he just walks through the process and it's on the river. It's on the river Po and it goes North to South. So the way they actually age or dry cure their meat is they just open up one window on the North end and one window on the South end and let, see the the river air comes through and caresses the meat i don't know it was just like it was the one of the sexiest episodes i've ever seen and it seemed like a really fun spot to go to mm, river wind caressing your meat <laughs> oh yeah okay mm. actually dry, a really cool cure, dry curing my meat <laughs> i i know i've had like four answers so far but i would also add um there's a cruise you can take from the southern tip of Chile to Antarctica, and I think that'd be really Ooh. cool. I I've always wanted to go to Antarctica. I I I know it's desolate, but I I think that would be great. I think it'd be one of those things. It would just be cool to say you've been there. 
Yeah. But um uh you speaking of northern Italy reminded me um I went to Germany a handful of years ago, well, 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Um and um we went to uh, Austria to this place called um the Zugspitz Zugspitze and it's a really really high altitude um observatory place um that you can see um Italy Germany Austria France the mountains like that like and you can like point to and so you can see like a bunch of stuff um anyway it, that's a very different climate i think because it's way way high up in the air uh and you have to get there by like um big like trams but um anyway um, nice. i i think that that whole area is really interesting and so much history too so that's a that's a good trip i approve matt i approve oh good thanks um all right question the the dose uh hey brandon if you could have an unlimited supply of one thing what would it be one thing money can't buy time okay well played i was not expecting that but <laughs> time is a really good one i feel like that's cheating i feel like that's uh the uh, the unlimited wishes wish <laughs> kind of it's like it's like it like falls in the same in the same line mm, okay i guess like a tangible thing um no water is probably a good one. Oh, yeah you're you're a doomsdayer um uh, uh, good thinking clean a good one. potable water mm. uh Jay. i'm gonna say something uh equally as important uh ramen <laughs> nice i'm gonna go with ramen you might need nice. a Unlimited supply of blood pressure medication after that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or pho. Oh, gosh. No, I can't. I can't think about this. I'm going to go with uh, yellow jacket pills from (laughs) AMPM. You only Um, need two. You're done. (laughs) Speaking of blood pressure medication. I think it would be, I guess, yeah, along the same lines as Jake, it'd be, I don't know, Mexican food, mm, a burrito, mm-hmm. like burritos. Oh, man. You guys remember? Not oh, only man. is it the remember, best uh, food, it's the most ergonomical, ergonomic food that you could have. Oh, yeah. Food. You can, you can you like can, hold it and, and it you, doesn't. Ugh. Yeah. And you can eat with your, you can eat and work. You can eat and work at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's what I, okay. That's what I saw. All right. Oh. Work, 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 work. <laughs> All right. If you could learn, Brandon, one language in just a week, what would it be? Mm. Oh, Francais. Uh, I would Ooh. learn French. Sounds like you already have there. Oui, oui. Maestro. <laughs> why? Is there... <laughs> it, why? Um, I, I don't know. I, I, so I can visit quebec no i i don't know i i think it's uh i I just want to learn french all right nice i just do okay (laughs) fuck off that's not part of the question (laughs) you can't add this question (laughs) no i 
I've, I've learned. Oh, uh, I didn't realize there was a fourth question in the lightning round, Matt. <laughs> I mean, not, not that I'm like proficient or anything, but I, I, I've learned Spanish and uh, some Italian. And so I think it'd be nice to learn French. Oh, I remember when you were learning Italian. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Like the main thing uh, I remember for that is non sono cinese, which means I'm not Chinese. So. <laughs> uh, that was useful. That's good. Oh, man. Uh, mine would be a, a, a coin toss between uh, German and, um, and a Mandarin. Nice. I think I think probably Mandarin because like I feel like German like I've already studied German and I'm by no way like I'm not even conversational or anything like that but I I understand the basics of it. <clears throat> Mandarin and Cantonese like are are so far beyond my ability to understand. So I actually put this question on here because I saw a, a study or a, like an official report the other day that said Mandarin Cantonese is officially the hardest language in the world to learn. They're all, mm-hmm. they were rated languages. Um, so for me, I would put that on there just to say that I speak the hardest language in the world, but like from yeah. a practical standpoint, it would be Spanish. I'd love to be fluent in it. Cause I think it would, just like, <laughs> it would help, yeah. you know, in the, in the geographic area that we live. Um, and I think it's just, personally i find it to be very respectful to at least try to learn somebody else's language that you have a big uh you know population of yeah um the the my my trip to germany was very like i'd always i'd always known that european countries speak numerous languages but um we also went to um switzerland and like you know they've got like six official languages or whatever i'm just really envious of um multilingual cultures that are like proud to be multilingual cultures yeah as opposed to to uh, kicking and screaming mandarin is the number one language by number of native speakers so no there you go followed by spanish all right well there you go that's a lightning right. round. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for listening. A special thanks to Jared and Stagnant in Houston for this week's questions. <laughs> Send your advice questions to qualifiednonsense at gmail.com or hit us up on our socials found in the episode description. Don't forget to rate, review, share, like, and subscribe on your podcast app of choice. We'll see you back here next Wednesday for another brand new episode of Qualified Nonsense. Hey, hey, you know, thanks for listening. Hey, yeah. 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 Hey. Stay, stay hard and don't let the AI get you down. What? <laughs> <laughs>